Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Keto 911 podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. Let me get my camera straight. I'm your host, Daniel, your Keto EMT. And just to keep it in line to what we've been doing for this these past couple of months, um, I really want to dive into the different aspects of, of wellness when it comes to um, living a healthy lifestyle. It's more than just what you put into your body. I just want to make sure everybody is aware of that. It is way more than what you put into your body. It also revolves around, like last week, uh, like two weeks, a couple of weeks ago, um, the food with my friend Pablo Munoz. He was able to talk on that effect. And then the last episode was um, our dental hygienist, Ms. Angela, who came on and talked about your oral health, how, you know, how your mouth and the well and how to, how you take care of it, brushing your teeth and all the other stuff, including xylitol, alternate sweeteners are beneficial to your overall health. So I wanted to take a different route to this right now. I want to start talking about your mental because that's key. How you how your mental how your mental study how your how how your mind wraps itself around food and other things, traumas, trauma in your brain affects so much more to your body than what we give it, than what we actually say that it does. So I'm not a I'm not in the mental health field. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but it just so happens I have one with me today. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a background of, of my guest for today. I have Dr. David Hill. Okay. Hold on a second. I just had it and I lost it. <laughs> um, he's a he's a psychologist in private practice in Austin, Texas. He has a focus in, on forensic evaluation and the psychobiological effects of trauma. Dr. Hill has training in the bio, biological basis of psychological disorders and factors, physical health and wellness into his therapy practice. Mental health issues emerge from the, from the body and manifest in our conscious awareness and Dr. Hill attempts to help those people return to the harmony of both uh, psychologically and physically. And a little bit more into his background, Dr. Hill has bachelor's and master's degrees in psychology and a doctorate in clinical psychology. And he's had a long, <clears throat> excuse me, he, has had, he has long had an interest in the physical fitness, resistance training, and holds a black belt in Mantis Kung Fu. All right, he's Neo from the Matrix. If, if anybody else wants to, if anybody else wants to compare that, the Matrix, you know, the Mantis Kung Fu. Y'all already know what I'm talking about. So, without further ado, I'd like to bring on Dr. David Hill. Thanks, I appreciate it. I'm not as good looking as Neo, but uh, I got a voice made for radio. So, hey, that works. Hey, that works. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> so, uh, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your time with me and my listeners, um, just to share your expertise and your and your experience in the mental health arena and what you've uh, and, and and what you deal with on the regular in your practice. So um, your practice is in Austin. Uh, and, you know, what type of are you connected with any major hospitals or facilities or is it just by referral only? No, mine's uh, private practice only. So uh, just if people reach out, uh, I'll, I'll return their call and we'll see if we're a good fit. And uh, if that's the case, I'll bring them on. We'll we'll do some work together. Awesome, awesome. And what I'll do um, once we get through with everything else, if anybody who who uh, wants to benefit from this or who is in the, uh, 
Austin, Texas, Waco area who is needing a, psych a psychologist, by all means, I'll get his uh, get Dr. Hill's information. And I'll, if it's OK with you, I'll post it so that way, one, uh, you guys have a resource to get the help that you need. I have no problems of making sure that the ones who come on to my podcast to share their, their wisdom and their expertise to give to uh, make you a resource for those people who, who need it. Great. I appreciate it. And I'm licensed in Texas. I do uh, offer teletherapy. It's uh, through an encrypted video link, uh, HIPAA compliant. So anybody who lives in Texas, I can see. Awesome. 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 Now, getting right into it, one of the main things that I did read in your um, in your bio that you had sent to, sent to me, it says that um, mental health issues emerge from the body and manifest in our conscious awareness. So I would say this, the biggest aspect of what we've, of what we've all experienced within these past couple of years with COVID. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going right down there. Right off Nobody the Nobody had a good time. <laughs> so what have you experienced in the, in the mental health um, aspect of things? Has it been a surge of more patients or more people that you've seen that are, that are suffering from? mental illnesses and, and, and traumas and everything? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the pandemic caused a, a, a lot more people to reach out for mental health care, uh, largely due to the isolation, uh, fear, pressure put on them if they're having to go into work. If you're in the service industry and you can't not show up to work or right. work remotely, then you're there wearing a mask or doing whatever and just praying you're not going to come down or one of your roommates didn't got a friend right now one of her roommates uh came down with covid so now i have to outsource covid yeah. uh, and she works out of her house so you know i mean it's still affecting people um that isolation caused a lot of problems uh a lot of problems with kids uh trying to do school out of the house parents trying to juggle work and and a kid doing school out of the house instead of having them you know, in a school safely tucked away where they can deal with their jobs. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's increase in, uh, sadly, increase in domestic violence, increase in suicidal thoughts and attempts, um, all sorts of things. It got pretty grim there. So people who were at risk had no more support and uh, were just kind of left to hang out to dry. So, yeah, a lot of my colleagues uh, got flooded with, uh, with requests for assistance, and there's only so many of us. I think there's maybe around 5,000 psychologists in Texas. How many millions of people do we have here? Now, there's a lot more master's level practitioners. There's yeah. a lot, but still, we have a mental health care crisis in Texas. We don't have enough practitioners to go around. Wow. It's something when you hear it on TV all the time, when, but to, to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, it really, it, it really hits you pretty hard when you, when you say that. I, one of the patients who I, I took on was... Um, an emergency medicine physician in a uh, emergency room. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that uh, probably a, a third of the, the physicians there who he worked directly with mm -hmm. uh, got a divorce over the, over the pandemic. They were working long hours, totally stressed. I mean, you see the, the news stories, right? He said mm -hmm. that there were several uh, emergency physicians who, who you, you think you have it made, right? If you're a doctor yeah. in an emergency room on top of your game, but the stress is unbelievable. There were a number of guys at that one ER who killed themselves. I mean, yeah. it's, and these, these are, these are physicians, you know, this is, this is uh, intense. It, it had a real toll on everybody. 
so, and let me just add my my background to it. I, I became an EMT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I graduated from the program, got my national uh, registry in January, and literally started um, uh, January 2020 and started my uh, my my career right at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We, we were hearing about this thing called COVID at the end of our training, and we, we were thinking, you know, just optimistic like everybody else. Nah, it's not gonna come here. Nah, it's not something that we have to worry about. And then, um, uh, my instructor, uh, well, uh, when I got hired on, they were like, uh, it's not if it comes here, it's when. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, we're we're hearing stuff in you know, behind the scenes and, you know, we want to make sure that you're ready. I remember the day that it happened. We were taking a patient in. We were waiting on the wall because, you know, how emergency rooms tend to be. (laughs) And um, medical director walks by, hey, protocols changed. Put this N95 on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Comes back later. Protocols change. Put this face shield on. Wow. Okay. Right before we left, protocol changed again. Now we got to put on gowns. And that was just how fast it came because it was brand spanking new and then, you know, and everything else. And then as I was working, you know, the numbers really, really started to pick up. And then not too long afterwards, we had to shut down. Mm -hmm. The numbers didn't go down. And I believe I can, I can, can I talk about this? Yeah, I can talk about this. So one of the first COVID cases that came through that we wound up getting a call for was literally on my unit. Me and my partner, we were there, and then they said, hey, you know, and they gave us the instructions, um, COVID positive. I looked at my partner. At that time, she looked at me, and she was like, are we the first ones? <laughs> we were like, yeah. Not too long after that, we got text messages saying, hey, this is brand new. This is what we want you guys to do. Yeah, congratulations. And I had to, I called, I called my wife and I told her, I said, I got, I got, I got one. She says, what do you mean? I said, I got a COVID positive patient. She says, and she freaked out. She's like, what do we do? I said, you need to call your mom and you need to go to her house for a couple of weeks. Cause I don't know. We don't know how this is going to work or whatever the case may be. And being the first responder at that time gave me this heavy level of paranoia. You know, gave me a heavy level of anxiety because you don't know who has it. You have to treat everybody as if they have it. You know, you're the first line of potentially becoming infected because you're the pre-hospital transport. You're the pre-hospital care. I've had too many COVID scares with patients. A couple of them unfortunately did not make it in my presence. And and I feel at one point, and I don't think I've, t- I've told anybody this other than my wife, I feel like at one point I did have it while I was working. But I really didn't realize it until well after the fact. And I was like, I said, you know, I was really struggling to breathe that day. And I was really just, I said, I think I had it at that time. But I had to also think about my kids. This was pre-vaccine and everything like that to where it really, really. Well, they just released vaccines for kids under five. So yeah. I've, had, I've had friends who have really young kids who is still up until just recently been like, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Because as you see, and I'm like, it, it, it still affects me to this day. I'm still paranoid about it. I got a box of N95s and stuff all over the place. I, we, my wife, look, my wife does not play. We got a box up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
we, you we know, um, yes, sir. Yeah, we're, my wife is a, she's a programmer and, um, you know, I, so she can, her whole company moved to, uh, working, uh, digitally. So they got rid of their, their, uh, commercial real estate and everything. So she just works in the house and, um, you know, I've, I've been offering teletherapy for years through an encrypted portal. Uh, when, uh, when COVID picked up, I just told everybody, Hey, this is the way we're doing it. We're not doing it in person anymore. I still have an office. I still see people now, uh, now that we're, you know, we have vaccines, we have treatment protocols, but in the early days, like you're saying, you didn't know anything. We didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, there was research on, on bird flus, right? I know there'd been research on, uh, COVID, uh, or COVID, uh, viruses, um, but not this particular one. I mean, that's how we got the vaccine so quickly. There was already research in place. People were already working on it for different COVID va- um, viruses. But this was new. Uh, yeah. it, it was it was really intense. I mean, I, I know a number of people who didn't make it. Yeah, I I remember I, lo- I, I lost both my grandparents. Lost some good friends behind it to where it, you know, I can say I got a level of. I guess you can call it PTSD. Well, I just call it PTSD because I still have those moments. But with everything that's happened since the pandemic, the heightened levels of depression, anxiety, and I suffer from insomnia as well. Grief from losing <laughs> possibilities for two years. And- yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not anything out of the out of place for me to get maybe four hours of sleep. Oh sure. You know, but you need more. Yeah, you know how you know how important sleep <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, I got some. I'm catching up with my dad. I got some of the salt and pepper here in my beard now. And but um, myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I see you make. Yeah, you got a shot. But what is the long term effects that these types of situations, depression, anxiety, and insomnia? What what long term effects does that have on on cognitive function, energy, and drive? Sure. Well, we we got to consider that um, uh, the brain, the mind, our emotions—they're they're not separate from the body, right? The mm-hmm. mind, the, the brain is an organ, just like your heart, just like your lungs, just like anything else, like your liver. Uh, but mind is what brain does. Like your your lungs, you breathe. Your heart pumps blood. Uh, your brain has connections. That causes a sense of self and a mind. Uh, it's the emotional center. It's a rational center. So we've got to realize whatever we do with our body um, is going to be reflected in our, our mood, our, our mood states, um, uh, you know, our, our anxiety, uh, sleep problems, all that comes together. And I'd say probably depression, anxiety, and sleep are the, the trifecta of, of most common mental health issues and almost everybody experiences that to some degree right Mm -hmm. um so usually sleep problems i'd say it's usually a symptom of depression or anxiety i mean you can have insomnia on its own right but but typically if you're depressed or if you're anxious you're starting to develop sleep problems either with anxiety your thoughts are spun up you know you have uh Mm -hmm. what we call ruminative thoughts like you get the hamster on the wheel it keeps going comes from uh, the, the, the root of, uh, the ruminants, like a ruminant is like a cow. They chew their cud. They've got like five stomachs. So chew it, barf it up, chew it again, swallow it, barf it up, chew it. Again. It's kind of gross, but it's a sort of repetitive sort of chewing of these thoughts over and over and it, it won't right. stop. So you can't get to sleep. And if you wake up, 
well, there goes your anxiety about some stupid thing you did in the second grade you hadn't thought of forever. And the wheel starts over again. Um, with depression, there's a couple different types. Uh, you can either um, sleep way too much, like you're so depressed, you just don't, you can't be bothered to face the day. So you try to sleep the day away. Or you're so like, um, sometimes people are very self-punishing with depression and they're just up and miserable so much so that they can't sleep. So it can be really dysregulating either way. But if you do that for a long term, like think about, because um, we're on sleep, think about sleep. So uh, they say, uh, I guess I work with a lot of uh, veterans. So they say uh, in their training, you have to have four hours to stay alive. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a minimum. Well, I, you know, when I was in my 20s, uh, I used to go out and I, I had a whole different career. I was in IT for 10 years till the tech crash. I went back to school from scratch, started all over. Uh, when I was doing that, I was in my 20s. I'd go to work at five. I'd go take a nap, get up, uh, go out to the club, have a good yeah. time. I'd go party. I mean, you're in your 20s. You know, you do what you do. I had a great time. But there are a lot of times where I'd show up on five, six hours of sleep and I was dragging. I'd have like a 36 ounce coffee. So mm -hmm. bad, so bad for you. <laughs> uh, all that caffeine, man. Um, but I'd make it through and then I'd take another disco nap and then I'd do the same thing. Like it yeah. wasn't that bright, but I was dragging. Like these days, I'm in my late 40s. I could, I could, I could make it for a day or two on six mm -hmm. hours. Other than that, it's rough. If I'm doing yeah. five. Oh, it's not a good day. And I have patients. So it's really important for me to, and you know what? My patients aren't, aren't, aren't in a, a, you know, I'm not carrying to a hospital. They're, they're staring there and they're, they're open and vulnerable emotionally. They're, they're want some help. And I have to be able to show up for that really well. So for me, I, I make uh, protecting my sleep the cornerstone of my whole day. So I, I, I usually get eight hours of sleep and I go to bed early enough to where even though I set an alarm, it's usually not going off. I'm usually naturally awake before then. Uh, and that took a lot of work to kind of orient my life that way and make sure right. I prioritize that. But I see great gains in uh, my physical fitness as well and my recovery. Um, I've been doing uh, uh, weight training for years now. Uh, also the, uh, the martial arts as well that's a lot of cardio and that sort of thing. You, you gotta be well rested in order to perform well there. Same thing with your mind, right? Uh, you know, I, I have much less depression or anxiety because I'm well rested. If my, if your body's feeling good, like if you're exercising, you're eating well, any doctor worth their salt is going to say exercise at least three days a week mm -hmm. and eat well, drink plenty, plenty of water, right? Got it right there. Um, if you do that, everything else is going to be minimized. Those those are the three magic bullets. Uh, if you're if one thing you could do, if you're drinking soda, replace it with water. Just start ramping down on the soda, ramp up with the water. You're going to save a lot of calories, have a lot less sugar. Your body's going to feel a lot better. Um, if your body feels good, your mind feels good. If your body's feeling sluggish, uh, your mind's going to move more towards a depressive state. If your body's... Um, feeling weak or incapable of responding to threats, you're going to move more towards an anxious state. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science at that point. You know, it makes sense. So let me, let me dive into more of, uh, into that last uh, section that, that you really, really broke down for. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. In the areas of weight loss, because, you know, I primarily do keto. <clears throat> so in the areas of weight loss, and this is what I tell other people, 
um, when we, you know, when you're trying to, when you're doing the ketogenic lifestyle, it's a lifestyle. Now I don't, I look at it as that a lifestyle, not so much more of a diet. Mm-hmm. You have to have realistic expectations. And a lot of the things that people look for, we're all social media heavy. <laughs> Those Instagram fitness models, right? Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> I, you know and, I, and I tell them, and I've said it so many times, do not look at those people online as what you are supposed to look like. You're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to make yourself feel as if you're not going to reach that goal. And you're going, I'm like, you're, you're destroying yourself mentally before you can even begin to heal yourself physically. Yeah. And if you defeat yourself in the mind first, then everything else is going to fail right afterwards because you're not going, you're not going to see yourself improving. And one of the things that I've come to understand and and hear, uh, body dysmorphia. Uh-huh. Um, if you could, could you explain a little bit on the on the clinical aspect of what you, if you've had to uh, counsel somebody in any any uh, area of that? Sure, body dysmorphia is basically feeling like you, uh, your mental representation internally of who you are does not match your body. And we see this a lot. Like, um, you know, my whole life, we've seen that with like Barbie dolls and media representations of the way women should look being sent to them. And uh, eventually their messages going back saying, no, ladies, you got bodies. Just love them. You don't have to look like Barbie. You shouldn't look like Barbie because that's not natural. It's plastic. Right. Right. Um, but people still get plastic surgery to try and look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. I, I really noticed this in. um in the, in the gym. Right. So uh, a good buddy of mine was a retired Sergeant major. Uh, he'd been uh, weight training since the seventies. You know, this guy was all jacked. He looked like one of those uh, much older version of one of those Instagram models, like one of the yeah. guys, uh, but that's what he did. He was in the freaking army professionally for yeah. over for like 25 years, something like that. So the guy uh, led a very physically active life. Right. You got to remember, those people uh, are fitness models. Mm-hmm. That's their day job. My day job sitting on my backside talking. Yeah. I'm not working <laughs> out eight hours a day. You know, I, I've um, I, I've had online fitness coaches. I've signed up for some of that stuff, and I, I've learned a lot. Actually, it, it's been that's been a good piece of it because once you get signed up for something like that. Um, they'll usually give you very realistic and very, very appropriate diet plans. They'll educate you on that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, you can get that education yourself by spending some of your free time on bodybuilding.com, like reading the articles. Yeah. Uh, there's tons of information out there, but there's also a lot of, as they call it, bro science. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really um, the dysmorphia piece I had this idea that when I was working with one of my coaches that I should get down to single digit body fat, right? That's, that's, mm-hmm. a, I gotta get abs. I gotta get abs. We all gotta get abs. That's yeah. what we want. <laughs> gotta have those action figure cuts. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, things kept cutting, but, but I come from a pear shaped tribe, right? I got great yeah. and pecs and then kind of bronze out and does this right around the middle where I carry yeah. my weight. Uh, and so it's frustrating. I always, I always chipping away at that. Um, but the problem is, it, realistically, if you're trying to get to single-digit body fat, first of all, the people who are doing that are mainly professionals. That is their day job. Mm-hmm. And you can do it if you want to. 
but the lifestyle you have to lead to get there is yeah. it ain't that great. I mean, it's all you do with your free time. That yeah. that's about it. Uh, so I eventually, so I, I was having some body dysmorphia, right? I, I was cutting really hard and, and wanting to do this for the first time. And uh, I got looking pretty good to where some of the guys in the gym were like, Hey man, are you working on competing? Like, no, I'm just, just yeah. here there every day, you know, uh, having my meals measured. Shoot. Even while I was going to, um, to events across the state, I'd pack a cooler with all my meals in it. There is no reason to do that stuff for yourself to live a healthy life. Yeah. That's, that that's a body dysmorphia getting in and, and thinking like, I got to look like this. Otherwise there's something wrong with me. Um, and I'm, I'm a psychologist. I know this stuff. I fell prey to it anyway. Yeah. Now I'm real comfortable. I, my, my wife kept harping me like, oh, you just need to go into maintenance phase. Just maintenance phase. Yeah. You're looking good. Uh, so now I tell people I got the physique of someone who's in the gym all the time and still likes the occasional pizza and beer. And that's, that's sort of like you come, I came back to balance, but yeah. it's that idea like I got to look jacked like these guys, like these big guys or like these beautiful women with, you know, doing leg day every day. Yeah. You, know, you don't yeah. have to. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, please. Because that's one of the things that I, that I tell anybody, you know, when, when they get to the period of wanting to do something, you know, like a wellness lifestyle change, you know, dietary lifestyle change, whatever the case may be. You know, when I was, I did some coaching beforehand. I did it in a small group. And this was why I got the videos now, because I'm like, instead of trying to do the coaching, let's just bring you here to the video and we can have open dialogue and I can bring folks in. So that way, one, you can ask your questions. So um, I ask them, what do you want to do? Are you wanting to get healthy or are you wanting to lose weight? And eight times out of 10, I want to lose weight. And then I asked him, what about your health? It's great if you lose weight. You know, I know people who are, are sickly and terminal who lose lots of weight really, really quickly, but they're not healthy. <laughs> That's not great. You look like a stick. Right. But I say one thing that I that I say with the ketogenic lifestyle that I've done is that you're improving your health. Mm-hmm. And the side effect in many instances is weight loss. Yes. Well, because because in the process of you getting rid of all the extra junk that you normally have and those who are diabetic, getting rid of all that excess sugar and excess carbs and all that other stuff. I've known people who reverse type two diabetes behind it. Bingo. You know, and I'm like, I would be more happy to reverse type two diabetes and absolutely. And not look like Arnold versus trying to make myself look like, you know, Edward Scissorhands and, you know, and, and, and be, and just trying to lose weight. It's about quality of life versus the expectations of what you think others should think healthy and wellness look like. Right. Cause and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, all, all bodies are built differently. You know, huh? I'm not going to look like I was post air force in 2006. I'm not going to ever, <laughs> I may not ever get back to that size, but as long as I am healthy, that's all that matters. The quality of life that I have going forward is what matters in the long run. And I think as as people in our country now, we we lose sight of a huge part of that. And I think that's and and like I said, correct me if I'm wrong. That contributes to a lot of the mental illness and the depression that's out there with the with the body image and the body shaming. 
and all that other stuff like that. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, people, uh, people, especially in this society, have a tendency to really beat themselves up over things. Um, I mean, that's a useful faculty to an uh, like sort of self criticism to a, to an extent because it keeps you from going too far out of tolerances. Like you got this i this ideal self you're aiming for, and you know if you're if eighty twenty so if you're doing uh, 80% of the things, you're, you're doing good. You know, nobody's going to do 100% of the things 100% of the time. Right. Um, the, the, those sort of ideals, you have to set your mind correctly. Um, I was at an event, and uh, the visualization is as good as, as real practice. So uh, I was at an event where I was rooming with an F-16 fighter pilot, right? I was some questions about this stuff. I said, yeah, you know, every night they have us sitting in our rooms, we'll close our eyes and we'll visualize starting up the plane. We'll visualize maneuvers and we'll practice it in a detailed manner in our heads. And that actually helps with skill development. Um, so a lot of this stuff is mindset. If you set your intention appropriately, everything else follows. Now, if you are beating yourself up because, oh my God, I, I, I don't look the way I think I should look, um, that that usually comes early on in this sort of process, right? Because you hadn't been through the pro, you don't know to trust the program yet. If you trust the program, this stuff's slow. I mean, it took you years to get where you're at. It's yeah. going to take you years to get where you want to be. If you trust the program, uh, you're going to get there. It's yeah. just uh, if you're beating yourself up, of course, you're going to feel anxious. Like, why isn't this working fast enough? Yeah. Uh, you're going to feel depressed. Like, I'm trying so hard. Nothing's working. Well, it just takes time. It takes uh, setting expectations appropriately. Yeah. And I would, and I would add to that. <laughs> he said, because <clears throat> one of the things that they say when they want to start losing the weight and they want to start doing this is they say, I'm looking for results. I said, what is your timeline? Mm -hmm. Ah, nice. You know, what is your timeline? When are you trying to lose this weight? And they're like, well, I'm trying to get down 30 pounds in two months. And I'm going to tell them, and I tell them real quick, that ain't going to happen. Well, why are you up here coaching? Well, hold on before you bite my head off. It didn't take you three. It didn't take you two or three months to gain them thirty pounds, mm -hmm. and it's not going to take your body two or three months to get rid of them. So, and if you're doing it to the point to where you want to lose that weight fast, you're going to hurt yourself. You know, yeah, yeah. Healthy yeah, lifestyles are a, are a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. If you try, if you try to sprint a marathon, you're gonna be in some trouble, and then you're gonna have to call nine one one to pick. And one of my friends in the light up box are gonna come get you. Well, and people are more fixated on weight, right? On what the scale says, but scale lies. Look at body composition, right? Mm -hmm. We need to focus on on decreasing body fat percentage, but you also want to have a decent percentage of musculature. Yeah, you know, you want to get rid of that body fat percentage, especially that visceral fat that's sort of marbling in your in your uh, in your organs, mm -hmm. because that's what directly leads to type two diabetes. Right? That's that's the highest correlation there. That's a problem. Uh, but that happens once you start doing the work; it just starts coming off. And if you're doing enough resistance training, weight training, you're going to make and eating a high protein diet, you're going to maintain as much muscle as possible while you're decreasing that body fat percentage. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I, I do want to make a, a quick plug for behaviorism, right? Sure. Because we know for a long time about the details of how behavioral change happens. Mm -hmm. uh, so people will say they, they try and 
quit smoking. They're moving to a new place. They're changing jobs. They're doing 15 things at once. Like I'm going to transform my life. Mm-hmm. None of that's going to work. Not, not a bit of it. That's going to stick. Right. Uh, the, the proven way research proves it. This is exactly what I do in my life to transform my life. Pick one thing. I'd say the one thing, if you drink sodas, just, just change it up for water. That's the one thing. If that's one thing you do, I call them behavioral experiments. Run a behavioral experiment for real in your life. Uh, replace sodas with water. See yeah. what happens. Give it two weeks, three weeks on the outside, right? Um, so we know that behavioral change takes two to three weeks. Uh, so what I always tell people is focus on that one thing, even if the whole rest of the day, of the week or the whole rest of the day goes to goes to pot. If you do that one thing and you do it well, like I mentioned it, flush your teeth. That's your goal. If you flush yeah. your teeth before mm-hmm. bed and that's what you did, chalk that day up as a win. Yeah. So then, then after two weeks of doing that, uh, sometimes closer to three, but usually around two weeks, that just becomes what you do in your life. Mm-hmm. That's one thing is achievable. I can make one change a day. Now, 15 changes a day, I can't do that. It's not going to happen. I, mm-hmm. I don't have the bandwidth to do that. I don't care what kind of doctor you are, what kind of astronaut. You, you can't do it. Yeah. But you want it's a graceful, slow, natural process. Then when you realize, hey, man, this is just the way I'm living my life. I didn't drink a soda in two, three weeks and I've been drinking water. And look at that scale. Then I guarantee you, you're going to be lighter. You're going to have more energy instead of less because you're not right. in your, your insulin all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have more sustained energy throughout the day. You're not going to be crashing all day long. Right. And you're going to feel better. You're going to look better. You probably have better skin. People will be mm-hmm. like, man, your skin's glowing. You're looking good. Yeah. Uh, just one change. That's all you have to do. One change. And see, and you keep on, you, you say a lot of the things that I've been saying in these, in, in, on my podcast for a while. Um, <laughs> It's all it all comes together. Because that's what I, I usually, and this is how I break it down. It starts off, like you said, small behavioral changes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to drink sodas. I'm going to drink water. And I'm just going to drink water, drink water. The more and more that you change those small behaviors, those behaviors eventually turn into habits mm-hmm. to where you have to remind yourself and then those habits turn into ritual to where you know the sequence of events. And then by the time you keep doing it for so long and treating it as a ritual, eventually you don't have to think about it and it becomes your lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but it all starts with the small behavioral changes because one of the biggest things that, that we have in our country are horrible, horrible, unhealthy coping mechanisms to trauma. Mm-hmm. Um and all the other mental illnesses that we have going on with us. And that's one of the, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, so in movies, whenever someone has somebody die or somebody left them or something, or something bad happens, what's the very next scene? Food. Where are they at? Food, eating, doing something. They're in a bar. Yeah. Slamming, slamming whiskey, looking mm-hmm. miserable. I'll tell you, like alcohol is a coping mechanism. Yeah. It's not a good one. It ain't going to help. It's going to it's going to really make you sleep awful. You know, you're going through a hangover in your sleep. You wake up, your mouth tastes like, I don't know, somebody parked a horse in it. Uh, You you know, you're dehydrated. Your head hurts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to feel worse physically and mentally. Alcohol is literally a depressant. 
What's that going to do to your mood? It's going to bring it down. Um, alcohol elevates your mood for a couple. But then after like a couple of beers, that third, fourth, fifth beer, it just, mm -hmm. just, yeah. it's, it's not great. Well, so the things that culturally that were taught in popular culture, now remember, um, culture like uh, Alan Watts, who's one of the, the 60s gurus, he, he had a great, uh, I think later on in his life, he had a, a great uh, explanation of culture. He said, imagine a computer. Um, you know, what we focus on throughout the day are the applications. The culture is the operating system. So you don't even think about how you launch an application. All that stuff's in the background, the operating system. Um, I was in uh, uh, Netherlands once, and I kept running into people walking down the sidewalks. Like, I'm passing yeah. off right. That's what you do. It's not what you do there. Uh, somebody finally told me, no, the way they navigate there, they'll look you in the eye, and then they'll look the direction that they're going. And I would, I would, I didn't know that that's just an unwritten rule. That's, that's a cultural expectation. So I, once I learned that I stopped bumping into people. Well, that's weird. Uh, but it left a lasting impression. These rules, these cultural rules about what we're supposed to do, they drive a lot of our behaviors because we think that's just the way life is. Right. The way life is, that may be the way life is where you're at. Uh, but you don't got to go to the bar if you're, if you're feeling bad. Another thing we do if something good happens, we reward ourselves with food. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and this is another realm that I mentioned. Okay, so in the black churches, in the black uh -huh. community, you know, <laughs> let's just go into it. We had another person join the church. All right, we're going to eat after the service. Pastor's anniversary, minister's anniversary, we're going to eat after the service. Friends and family's day, we're going to eat. Easter Sunday, we're going to eat. Somebody had a baby. I think, have we eaten yet? No, we ate at the bridal. We had a baby shower, but we didn't eat today. So let's go ahead and eat. And we have, this is 4th of July weekend. So. You're going to eat and you're going to drink. Oh, all yeah. Like oh, the do, oh, man, and we're going to do it up. It all turns into sugar. <laughs> oh, and, and that's a, what is it? It's called SAD, the standard American diet. Yeah. Heavily, sad. <laughs> heavily focused on carbs, sugar, and sodium. If it's salty, crunchy, sweet, <laughs> and and breaded or deep fried, oh yeah, we it's it's heavily in our it's we gonna do it, you know. You know, my, my wife and I, uh, we we do the the outside aisles only in the grocery store, the outside mm -hmm. circuit. That we don't do the inside aisles because that's where all the junk is. Uh, and we have a motto: don't eat anything your grandma wouldn't recognize as food. Man, you said a mouthful right there. Yeah, for real. Because it's unfortunate because we've got all this real convenient food. In mm -hmm. five minutes, I could go through a Wendy's or a McDonald's. I could have something delicious ready mm -hmm. to shove into my face. But even that bun, have you tasted one of those buns? Oh, That's yeah. not bread. That's no, sugar. It, it is. tastes weirdly sweet. It's gross. Yeah. It's, like, it's like I'm shoving a sweet bun in my mouth. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't want that. That's you know, Cut out some of that sugar eat low glycemic index foods, yeah. you're going to notice your body's feeling better, your mood's better, you're less worried, you feel like you can take on your day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it all comes from the body. Well, I mean, you have bad stuff going on in your life and that can, that can throw you, or you can have a chemical imbalance that can throw you too. The right. vast majority of this stuff is lifestyle. Yeah. So I help people, a lot of people shift their lifestyle, really look at it, the way they, they're living their lives uh, most people don't think about that stuff. They're just living. 
I mean, they're busy. They're going to work. They're coming home. They're dealing with kids. They're dealing with family, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you really shift your, your lifestyle to be healthy and kind of move towards this more idealized version of yourself, then everything else starts falling into place. I agree. I agree completely with that. And one of the things, that, and and I want to make clear for everybody who's listening, we understand that life happens. Mm -hmm. You know, given the situation that the state that our country is in, one, gas, we already know that's you, you almost have to sell a small cow in order to make <laughs> make sure you have fuel, or you may have to ride it. I don't know. We're in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> or, and then it makes it hard for families to purchase food and groceries. You know, we usually will spend on a, even when eating, you know, in a prime time of just eating purely healthy and everything like that, we probably spend maybe $120. Mm -hmm. And that just take all, me, my wife, and, and our kids, four people. That $140 barely gets a quarter of, uh, quarter of the basket full. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even talking about the full basket. I'm talking about the half basket. It, it, it barely fills that up and it's costing more money just to get less food. And we saw, me and my wife saw, saw, uh, saw this on the news last night. These companies are decreasing the volume of what they're putting in the packaging and still charging the same price for the product. Oh. Now. So without even noticing, we're getting, we're not even getting our money's worth. We're getting less bang for our buck and they're doing it without telling us. That they're that they're giving us less, so it's late stage capitalism. Oh yeah, you know it's about that dollar dollar bills, y'all. It is. Don't worry about the people; they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. They're like, hold on, this 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 bag of uh, greens was fifteen ounces. You're telling me I'm paying two dollars for six ounces versus what? That's where you find yourself a good legit farmers market if you're if you're privileged enough to have one in your area because like there's food deserts there's places where you just don't yes. have stuff like that that's for real, but if you're lucky enough to have a farmers market go out there you know yeah. you'll you'll get your people selling fancy jellies or honey or whatever but you're going to get a bargain on the produce yeah, and I just so happen to uh, go on so social media and talk see one of the older older black ladies in the neighborhood she was like hey there's a place over here to where you, you can get you some free produce they're giving it away come go ahead and get it before six o'clock before they run out but they come out there it's like every thursday or every friday giving away free produce from local gardens i'm gonna share a secret with you yes asian grocery stores they got all sorts of produce out there mm -hmm. Way cheaper than most of the most like mainstream grocery stores. Really, it's good that uh, it's way cheaper. And the meat's cheaper. Everything. Or go go to go to like a, an ethnic grocer. Go to like a halal grocer. Yeah. Or go to you know a Hispanic grocer. You know any of these are going to have great quality products that are cheaper than you're going to get at like your your Randalls or whatever. Nice. HEB is pretty good. They do a good job. They're a great company. You know, yeah. you're in the Austin area in Central Texas, uh, but and they're they're they do a good job of keeping things as affordable as they can. But you can get you can get really good produce for even cheaper. And if you're buying, uh, if you're spending time to actually do meal prep, mm -hmm. uh, as you should if you're really looking at, at doing body transformation and losing body fat, nice. then uh, you're going to be cooking and you're going to do that with natural foods, and you're not going to do any of these uh, skillet meals or anything like that. Nice. nice. And it'll be cheaper. 
All right. See, there we go. Even though in uh, East Texas we don't have an HEB, and I'm so mad at that. HEB has been has been like a godsend to me since I lived in uh, Portland, Southeast Texas, Portland. Oh yeah. And that was like my second job in high school. I loved every second of it. Um, but we have Brookshire's and we have Walmart, and I think they're trying to build a Costco out here. But we do have a Sprouts uh, Natural Grocers. Sprouts has good produce. Oh yeah, they got some good stuff in there, but they prices is high. Like Snoop Dogg, they like they're unnecessarily high on, on a lot of things. You can spend a hundred dollars real quick. <laughs> not even they're trying. going for that sort of Whole Foods uh, hippie market, which uh, which is great. Like if you can, if you're if yeah. you're blessed enough to afford organic food, mm-hmm. that's great. It's unfortunate that we live in a society where you got to pay a lot of top dollar to have food that's labeled as organic. Yeah, you know? that people should just have good quality food. I mean, in France, they have a, a regulation. They they don't they don't. Uh, have rectangle pizza in school lunches in France. That's not what what they do. They have uh, um, all natural foods for their kids. Mm-hmm. It's prepared by people who who are actual chefs. Uh, they really protect the school nutrition in France. We don't do any of that. We sell it to the lowest bidder. I mean, wow. yeah, it's it's all it's all here. It's all dollar first. Uh, there, they're really looking out for the health of their kids. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a cultural priority. What do yeah. we want to prioritize and how do we want to communicate that to our politicians and our school boards? Yeah. And I see, and, and um, I would encourage everybody who's watching now or later on when they get a chance to look at this, uh, this uh, stream, go YouTube, the differences in either some of the snacks like Oreos, look at the, the differences in how some countries outlaw and ban certain ingredients that we use in our country some country uh some countries overseas won't even let them use sugar or let them use a certain dye or let mm-hmm. them use um high fructose corn syrup or maltodextrin or, or any of those other known bad things they will out outlaw it from being used over there why because they know the effect on what it does to the to the body because we're the biggest lab rats for the world to see on how not to eat well said well said we have more, our country has the most obese people in the world. Some mm-hmm. states have more obese people per capita than some countries. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas is right up there <laughs> along with some of uh, along with some of that as well. And it, it it's like, why? And, and, and the overproduction of these foods that are now that you're starting to see that have so many recalls now, you know, it's starting to really, I feel, it's starting to really make it apparent for people to switch, go to the organic, and even more so going to homegrown vegetables and going more of a vegetarian, almost vegan route because I can't trust the meat because I don't know what's in it, the added hormones and all that other junk that's in there. Can't trust the chicken because you got so many chicken recalls for salmonella and all this other stuff. To where it's like, oh, man, what can we eat? Did you know that you can go in with your friends and buy a cow? Now it's not now. What's this process? Are right? you buying the cow, the meat, right? right? You you can buy the cow and you can split it up by cut. Really, and you oh, know yeah. what? I, there was a lady who I worked with. They own a a farm. She her father owns a farm to where they have cows and they cut and process and sell their own meat. You know, I probably need to ask her about getting some. Meat. Ask her about the price. Get it priced. Yeah. Because that way, look, um, 
especially if they're raising their own cows and you know that they're mm -hmm. not adding a bunch of hormones and junk into their feed just to make them big, you know, that, right. that's, right. that's a problem that, that causes a lot of hormone issues with, yeah. uh, with our, our, our meat sources are, yeah. off. um, but if you realize, if, if you learn that they're not doing that and, uh, it's affordable, go for it. I mean, yeah. it, you, you literally are what you eat. Like this, yes. it's true that what you, the, you want um, uh, um, like uh, protein, high density foods that are that that are that pack a lot of punch. You don't want you know this uh, junk food that's going to give you a quick spike of energy and you're going to be hungry again in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Those sugar highs, like in the morning when you have that breakfast loaded up full of Cap'n Crunch, all that cereal. As soon as and it lasts about maybe four hours. That mm -hmm. that sugar. Starts to go out of you, and you, your brain fires, saying, "Hey, I need to eat." Even though you haven't even begun to start digesting it, then you put lunch on top of that, and you can't out-train a bad diet. Yeah, that's another aphorism. You know, that's that's funny. When I, I first started looking into the physical fitness side of things, uh, and really trying to educate myself on that piece, because I, mm -hmm. I don't have an MD, I have a PsyD, right? Like I know all about the psychology, how the brain works, all this stuff, uh, but on the medical side of things. I started looking and looking at calories in, calories out, right? If you're, if you have uh, some Cap'n Crunch and drink all that milk that now has all the sweetener in it, yeah. And then you're hungry again in 30 minutes, and then you have another. You're like a hobbit. Yeah. Do we have second breakfast. Do we have eleven Z's, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're eating all day long. You're drinking sodas all day long. There's no. I can. I can jog for an entire day, and I won't go through that amount of calories. That's not the way the body works. See, and so it's frustrating. You're it is. And frust How would you not have body dysmorphia if you're jogging all day long and your diet causes you to keep expanding? Right. And 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 uh, it's one of the things that that was told to me as well. They're like, and I read this. Uh, I actually listened to it from Dr. Berg. He's one of the big keto uh, mm -hmm. dietary nutritionists that are, that's out there. Um, he says. It's great that you want to exercise in everything. He says, I get that. But if you're putting the wrong things in there in your body, carbs and heavy things like that, your, your body is only burning off that sugar. Uh -huh. You're not burning any fat. So you're not doing your you're not doing yourself any favors. And one of the things that he recommends is that you need to people try to feel like they have to get themselves in shape first, then get healthy. But it's like, no, you need to get yourself healthy first and then that helps promote you getting in shape you know go ahead yeah you're uh, the the getting in shape occurs during the process of focusing on health that's going to occur you you get lean in the kitchen you get fit in the gym so the the losing weight and the the looking slimmer that happens by focusing on your diet and you're better served, honestly, focusing on, on getting from that behavioral perspective, right. Right? focusing on, on your diet, get, get your water straight, you know, mm -hmm. sodas, start, don't eat anything your grandma didn't recognize as food, you know, no weird squirt pop things, whatever, mm -hmm. candy stuff. Um, and start eating honest God, healthy food. And you'll notice that your body is starting to look slimmer. You're starting to look better and then start on the exercise and you'll notice that your body is transforming those calories and you'll notice in the beginning 
if you're doing especially weight training, the transformation that happens so fast in the beginning, it's startling. You're like, man, I'm looking good. It's exciting. It gets you fired up. But you got to get started somewhere, and that's in the kitchen. Mm, I like that concept. I, I run with that all day long, every day, and twice on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Well, the environmental stuff, too, like you're, you, you mentioned the black churches, right? That's mm -hmm. why you know, when I was really following the program Super Strict, I'm going to events, bringing my own food and stuff. That, that's that's getting a little too far for the kind of lifestyle I honestly want to lead for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to be the way I just do. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, focusing on the healthy stuff. So if you're a potluck, like... Get you, get you a salad. Get yourself some greens. Eat as many greens as you can, as long as they're not smothered in oil. Right. And then, right. And then if you fill up on greens, then eat as much meat, a good, healthy protein as you can. The rest of that stuff will take care of itself. Yeah. You know, some, uh, instead of potatoes, starchy potatoes, go with uh, sweet potatoes or go with um, rutabagas. So mm. rutabagas are, they're known as German potatoes. They're another root. Um, but sometimes they're like this big. They're like as big yeah. as a head. And they're they're tough to cut. But I'll tell you, once you get uh, used to cooking them, they're actually really good. Low starch, even lower glycemic index than the other two. So less sugar. Um, it's, a, it's a good, I, I know you're doing keto, but if you're doing carb, it's that sort of, I, I follow um, a, a harm reduction model, not an abstinence model when I'm dealing with, uh, um, substance abuse issues. Right. So this is also I, I, the harm reduction I do throughout my entire life. So I'm not eating potatoes. I'll eat sweet potatoes. Instead of fries, I'll have sweet potato fries. Well, what if there's like a rutabaga that's done uh, with almost no oil and it, it still tastes good like like potatoes, but it's a heck of a lot better for you. It's sort of reducing the, the amount of harm that you are doing just by kind of food or environmental or cultural mm -hmm things that you just assume are the way you're supposed to be doing things. Yeah. And one of the things that I say, and I, um, I'll tell you this and we'll get ready to wrap up. Um, sure. Jicama. Have you heard of that? I have. Yeah. You can make fries out of jicama. <laughs> Cut them I, up. I've had them in some uh, like Central American dishes. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to really rinse them, let them soak and get the, get all that extra uh, starches um, layer off of them because if you don't, it'll mess up your stomach really, really bad. <laughs> but look, <laughs> there's a story there. <laughs> there's a story there. I thought I did it real good, and that I I uh, uh, fried them in coconut oil, mm -hmm. covered them with some uh, some Himalayan pink salt, and man, they tasted amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they tasted amazing, and they fry just fry up just like French fries. Mm -hmm. You know, once you cut them up just like that, but definitely rinse them. There's a YouTube videos on how to prepare them better than what I did because, man, I I don't eat them anymore because I, I, I don't <laughs> want to make sure I don't go through that situation again. But they're really, really, really good. And, and you like, know, I'm going to go on the Internet and I'm going to look up what does Hickam do if you don't rinse it. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> like I've never held my own ankles like just sitting there before. It just I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry, no. viewers. It's yeah, it was bad. It hey, was bodies bad. are weird, man. We're we're in these weird bodies. They they do weird things. So you gotta you gotta keep them going as quick as you as as good as you can, as efficient as you can. Yeah, but well, I know my body cussed me out that afternoon. I know it did. I earned it. But um, uh, 
because we're right at we're right in an hour and i'm not going to hold you this is the fourth this is the fourth of july weekend i want to make sure that you get a chance to maximize your time um and um and same same here i'm definitely going to get some definite sleep um that i've really been needing this week um if you could uh dr hill could you um any parting words, any words of advice when it comes to taking care of your mental health, when it comes to um, body image, um, going through the process of healing yourself, you know, physically to also help the mental? Sure. Um, I'd say really look into self-care. So people say self-care. What is that? Like, ooh, it sounds kind of, I don't know, uh, pie in the sky or something. Or, you know, you don't have to sit there and meditate or uh, go into a sensory deprivation tank. All oh, those are cool. You should try it. Yeah. Um, th- there, there's a number of things you can do just uh, by, by eating healthy, drinking plenty of water, uh, exercising, going for a walk. Heck, take a long bath. You know, guys, a lot of guys uh, will say they like to, one of the, the, the main physical activities guys like to do is mow the lawn, if you ask them. Mowing the lawn is something all guys like. Yeah, I like to mow the lawn. I like to like to keep it looking good. But you know what? That's physical activity. That's walking. Yeah. That's moving around. Um, keep that happening. If you can, go get a massage. Uh, the healing power of, of touch is amazing. Um, be around friends. Don't reward yourself with uh, food or alcohol. Uh, reward yourself with experiences. Oh, yeah. That's the, yeah. That's awesome. Man, thank you. I'm so happy that we had this opportunity to talk. I really, I too. It's it's good. It's good to. I'm serious when I say, you know, doing this podcast, and I'm just gonna get real for everybody for a second. You know, I say things based off of experiences and based off of a lot of the things that I've learned from reading and listening to other um, um, healthcare professionals, and to hear you say literally some of the same things that I have been saying for two years now is just confirmation that I'm doing something right. And, 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 and it's really, 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 really great to hear that. And it lets me know for a fact that I'm doing, I'm doing what I need to do. So thank you. Truly, truly, truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and definitely your expertise when it comes to um, the mental health arena, because that's something that's, you know, needing to be taken care of way more now um, than ever. And I feel like with the way things are going, is only going to become that much more of a necessity going forward. You know, 5,000 psychologists in, to millions of Texans. And that's probably, and it's probably way uh, even less LPCs that are out there. I know a good brother of mine who is an LPC and some good friends who are. And when I say this is the time that we need you guys, we definitely need you. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, and we'll do this later on, just send me your information. If you have a flyer or anything for your practice, I will definitely share it to all of my personal social media, everything that I have. So that way, one, for the people who need your services, who can benefit from your services, which I can say you can definitely benefit from his services, they can find you and they can employ employ you um, and, and come out there and reach you. So uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I can. Uh, I've got a website they can go to uh, to look into and to, to reach me from there. It's discoverypsych.com, discovery dash psych, p s y c h dot com. Okay, I'm just gonna slide that bad boy right. Oh, 
There it oh, is. Nice. <laughs> hey, come on, typing skills. Let's get it. <laughs> there we go. Looks good. Yeah, so everybody, Discovery Psych, discovery-psych.com. If you guys are in the Austin area to where you guys can go ahead and see about him so that way you can schedule an appointment so that way you can be seen. Uh, I believe on your site you'll let them know what insurances that you take and everything like that. So that way, one, if you have private insurance, you can make sure that you get the better benefit for what you got. I do insurance as well, so I do a whole bunch of things. Um, and also, he does telehealth as well. I had a couple questions earlier that were asked that asked if you did do telehealth work, and yes, he does telehealth work. So check him out, discovery-psych.com, so that way, one, you can see if you can benefit from his services, which I truly believe that you can. Definitely make sure that you take care of your mental health. That's true. We're out of June, so Men's Mental Health Awareness Month is done. But mental health is every day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You have to take care of it because you're no good to nobody else if you don't take care of yourself. Okay? It all starts in the mind. If the mind is weak, the body follows. If you strengthen your mind, you'll, have, you'll, have, you'll be able to uh, strengthen your body as well. And uh, as, as I always do, if you can see what's scrolling down the bottom right here is my cash app. Um, to donate to the Keto 911 podcast, you can donate to my cash app right down here. This helps me um, obtain more equipment so that way I can give you more clear and better um, experiences for, for my shows. And also it helps me fund a couple of projects that I have working going on right now as well. So anything that anybody wants to donate, I'm more than thankful for it. If you if you feel it within yourself to do so, um, I truly appreciate it. And um, Dr. Hill, and I will say also that Dr. Hill is a fraternal brother of mine. We are both Freemasons from multiple jurisdictions. Mine being the Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Texas, and him being from the Grand from the Grand Lodge of Texas. And they are some amazing brothers that I have come across. And when I say you know, when I asked to look for anybody who was willing to come on to my show and, and lend their expertise, my, my good friend and brother, David, uh, Dr. Hill, volunteered his time. And I'm more than honored and um, for you to take time out of your day, leading up to a fun weekend, to um, to, share your, to share your expertise with you. So, again, thank you. I'm truly, truly grateful for you being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. So this is the wrap-up point. So like I say every single time, people will forget what you look like in time. People will forget what your name, and they may forget your um, and what you look like, you smell, and what and what you well, what you did for your job. But they'll never forget how you positively impacted their life. So whenever you get an opportunity to enrich somebody's life, do so. Do so. Not just because you want to do it for the accolades, the high five and the fist bump. Do it because you never know when you may need somebody to do it for you. Anything that anything that I do for somebody, I don't do it because I want anything. I do it because I may be on that. I, I've been on that side and I just want to make sure that I can do something to brighten your day because that one interaction may be the changing point from somebody taking their own life. Or hurting somebody else. So be kind. It's infectious. It's infectious. So this is the Keto 911 Podcast. I am your host, Daniel, your Keto EMT. This is signing off. I'll see you guys next time.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Keto 91 Podcast. You can find my podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever any other streaming services that you may find available. If you want to be on the episode of the Keto 91 Podcast, you can send me an email to keto91podcast at gmail.com. This way, one, I can go ahead and get you featured if you have a keto product or if you're a specialist in health, health or weight loss. We can go ahead and have you featured on an episode so that way we can educate the masses. Also, you can find me on Keto 911 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On both of those pages, you'll see me do food reviews. You'll see me post stuff about different types of uh, recipes that I've come across with. And I do motivational messages as well. So definitely go ahead and check me out on these other aspects and other links as well. So thank you all again for tuning in to the Keto 911 Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, your Keto EMT. Have a good one and be safe.